check A, B, C, D, Walk one, two, three. My name is Logan Aldridge. Wieners. Check two. Check two. Check. I say we just go for it. Do you want to talk to me? I want, I'm going to need you both to bring the mics. <laughs> 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 That's good. We're good. I think the mics are good. Yeah, they're good. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Leg Day Podcast. Special um, Arm Day edition. Woo! Arm Day. <laughs> um, yeah, we're here with our friends John and Logan. I'm Nathan. That's Kevin. We're always here. Thank you for tuning and subscribing. Um, yeah. Logan, you got a microphone, so why don't you go first? It's tell in my hand. Tell us who you are and why you're important enough to be on the Leg Day podcast. Well, yeah. <laughs> Let's start. Where do we begin? With the frostbite or the... <laughs> The rescue mission. Who he knows? started by just losing his fingers. Right, right. And then it was a hand. It progressed. Then I stopped eating vegetables. Look at where we are. Listen <laughs> to your parents, kids, or you end up like this. This is what happens. Mm-hmm. It's a little chicken wing. Um. Hey, anyways, we could do this forever. Yeah, let's uh, my name's Logan Aldridge. I don't know if I look at the camera or do I, t- do you I talk? Do what you want. All like right. It's like a sitcom cool. where we all sit on this side of the table, yeah. but talk but talk over that uh, way. Yeah, yeah, look yeah. at the fridge. Cool. That's what I normally do. Uh, anyways, yeah, no, I'm Logan. Uh, this is my coach, friend, fellow adaptive enthusiast, CrossFit connoisseur, John Prescott. And, um, yeah, we're here in Canada at the Wheel Watch. Oh, Canada. Canada. I can't get our word in edgewise with these guys. <laughs> trying to have my moment here. And uh, I'm excited to have this opportunity to try to say some words seriously, which is rare amongst this crew. <laughs> That's great because I think our YouTube views are up to about 30 on the first video. Oh, good. <laughs> they love There's this banter. That's a good start. 30 people listening to this. I'm so, you know, luckily you can edit honored. a lot of this out, too. Uh, why are we in Canada, Logan? So, yes, as I was saying, sorry, I digress. Uh, we're here for the Wheelwad Games as part of the UG series, which is uh, a really cool competition in Collingwood, Ontario. And um, it's, I guess, similar to like a Wadapalooza feel. We're out in the sun on this cool little peninsula in the great, what lake is that? Lake Ontario? Lake Ontario. And um, well, yeah, we're doing a bunch of fun fitness. We did a something that fitness. I dislike a lot. Um, a triathlon this morning. That's there was, because there it's swimming. like 14 d- degrees oh Celsius God. water. Were, were you swimming in circles? I, I was cold. running into the wall a lot. I kept, <laughs> I kept. And that was actually by choice. I was also drowning. So he pulls, I needed the He pulls wall. real hard to the left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know one way. Uh, no, it was fun. It was fun. So today was a great. Today was actually second day, but it really felt like the first day because we were out there in the field. And uh, yeah, we're here with. Um, incredible athletes, adaptive athletes from all over the world, literally. And um, it, it's so cool. This year, I think we, we've hit a tipping point where There's we... like it's, seven different languages. It's a lot of language barriers, but the competition is wild. It's it's uh, really neat to watch, and it, it the points matter. And I think that makes it a lot more fun for, for us as athletes and for the people watching. I think they, they're starting to see something happen. So I think it's a lot tighter this year. It's not just a runaway competition. Yeah, from from all the all the divisions where one person's kind of crushing everyone. Yeah, and that's been a long journey to get here. Like when you look at what how long we've been doing these sorts of competitions, it's that's what makes me most excited. 
uh, I am competitive and it's fun to like, you know, be excited to have good points or to be trying to win or be on the podium. But the bigger picture, the most exciting thing, and I think a big reason that we want to talk about this on this podcast is like what's actually happening now. And uh, that gets me fired up. Kevin and I and and um, a few others and these guys as well, especially John, are huge advocates for the adaptive community. And we go around and talk a lot about it. So to see it, see it grow internationally like this is freaking awesome. So that's what we're doing here. I have a question kind of on something you just said. You said it's been a long journey. Can you take us back on your personal journey, kind of like where this started? Like, were you active as a kid? How'd you get into cross? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. How did you get to Why where you are, are you now? missing an arm? Yeah, you guys probably don't know me. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So, so I'm hey from guys, Raleigh, this is, North this Carolina. This is Logan Aldridge. And, and uh, um, yeah, I am born and raised. I guess you'd call me a southern boy for that reason. Hillbilly ninja. Kind of. It comes out sometimes. He's, he's the redneck he's pretty side redneck. of me. But, um, yeah, I grew up loving uh, board sports, playing sports, football, soccer, lacrosse. Love lacrosse. Um, but I really loved extreme sports, um, hence wakeboarding, skateboarding, surfing, snowboarding. If it was on a board, I was into it. And uh, so after a few years of having a lake house, I fell in love with wakeboarding. I was doing it all the time. That was my main focus. And I um, was wakeboarding when I was 13 and finished and started wrapping the rope around my arm like over the thumb under the elbow you do and a couple loops like that and with the end of the rope underneath the back of the boat it got caught in the propeller so it kind of tourniqueted around my upper arm if you will and then um, long story short after uh, a week of trying to save it and get into the hospital they end up having to amputate it and so 13 scrawny little punk definitely a rebel like beer bong and dr pepper at the beach they call us Groms. I want to see that. Dude, Savage. we used to go through a 12-pack in an hour. Like, I, I can't wanna, believe. I want to see that. And, it, and, then, and he doesn't have diabetes. Yeah, that's the wild part. Seriously, we were, we were such little punks. But having, I mean, we were kind children, I like to think. But, you know, it was, uh, it was a, a, an incredible experience to have at 13 and an eye-opening one for me uh, to appreciate a different perspective. And um, that was instilled... Uh, very quickly in in the accident when my my mother actually said it's just an arm and when I asked what if I lose my arm she said it's just an arm so that perspective has stuck with me and that's been a big part of how I perceived and decided to move forward being this one-armed kid at 13 which you know is pretty like identifying you want the girls to think you're cool and all that stuff and so there was a lot of I still want to think I'm cool and I was like yeah I'm gonna be the cool dude with one arm so I didn't change anything that I wanted to do or any activity I wanted to try. I just knew things would be different and kind of hard. So I went back to lacrosse and, and played all throughout uh, high school and on a travel team, year-round team, and, and continued wakeboarding and competing in wakeboarding, and that was a lot of fun. And I got much better and with one arm than I was with two, so that was cool. But uh, I went to college, um, had a great college experience, kind of playing on a club team and hanging out with friends and – uh, it was a great opportunity to just have a social life because a, lo- a lot of what I did afterwards was shared my story. I went around and talking and and um, started a foundation and ra- was raising money for children's hospitals because the way I was treated. And um, in college, I wanted to pursue that experience in education. And after that, I kind of fell that felt that I was missing that that friendly bond in the gym. I would always go to work out with friends. And that wasn't happening anymore. I was going to the Y. And that's when I was, I came and started CrossFitting in Raleigh. And I went around to a couple gyms and learned a little bit more about it. 
and um, came to what was at the time John's gym, the gym he was running. I'm not there anymore. Not there's different gym now. Gym. But that one at the time was one of the like twelve in Raleigh. Shameless plug. And uh, went there and fell in love with it. I mean, truly fell in love with the people. Um, John's John's willingness to to work with me and figure this out, and I had a uh, a goal to do this. This that is what it. I said. This is what we are now. It's where really I said five years ago, I we wanted could be doing more for said, the. What's your goal? What do you want to do? And yeah, be an advocate. So I said yeah. And you're not only a, a ridiculous, ridiculous one-armed athlete. Not only a, a pretty cool dude. But also, um, also, you're on the adaptive staff with me. So me and you run uh, the CrossFit Adaptive Seminar uh, together um, with Stouty and and Alec. Yeah. So now he's also going around teaching people how to do fitness as a one-on athlete. That's that's you know in in the that's the pinnacle of the progression that I I could have never saw um, the opportunity to be a part of five years ago. I think, I think if you think back to it's really interesting is to see that it, it started as I, I, I just want to take uh, what I want to do and show other people they can do it. Right. Like the bigger thing is I want to let other people know that you don't just have to sit around and do nothing like you, there are things that you can do. And it started that way. It was like really organic. And, you know, a few people found us on social media. And so he was kind of sharing. And next thing you know, we have like nine adaptive athletes in our gym of all various types and uh, you know, adaptations and it's, it's kind of created its own sort of following. You know? Yeah. So and <clears throat> so this is John Prescott. Hi, John Prescott. He's yeah. the owner of Noose River CrossFit. I am. He is also, uh, w- would you consider yourself an adaptive athlete or do you consider yourself? An I, athlete? um, it's funny that you say that I, I have a fundamental belief that pretty much every athlete is adaptive. Right. Mm. So like, you know, that guy has a bad knee. That guy had a hip replacement. That guy has a, you know, herniated disc. So I think if you consider the way that we, uh, structure our classes the way that we structure our workouts. If you're coaching the right way, anyways, there should always be some variations and different adaptations for athletes and needs. I do consider uh, some of my issues to be adaptive in the nature that it hurts a lot and that it causes me pain sometimes. But I think that um, I think it's more of a mindset for me. You know, like I I'm fine. I can move. I can I can roll. But I, I if we go back to when I got into how I got to CrossFit, it was. You know, I was a 265-pound, two-pack-a-day smoker, and I had years earlier suffered this autoimmune issue where I was actually in a wheelchair and I couldn't walk and I couldn't, you know, I was bed-bound for like six months or housebound at least. And kind of coming through that and being overweight and then overcoming all those different things, like my mindset in the gym has always been like, everybody should be entitled to have their own fitness and their own health. Like that's what we should we should be as hundred percent agree that. that that's what we should be doing that should be what CrossFit is and what it should represent and then if you can accelerate somebody's capacity to do more then you're doing your fucking job like you're doing what you should be doing so that's kind of how I got here yep and we have a mutual friend in a nutshell we do have a mutual and friend. she would get really mad at us if we didn't mention her Jen with two N's Jen with two N's Jen it's J E N Jen Nen Jen's Jen with two N's stack. She, she used to lift weights. She she still lifts weights. Oh, she lifts weights still. Yeah, yeah. She she doesn't do so much oh, of the right. crossfit. I saw her on Instagram. She doesn't do so much of the crossfits, but she yeah. still does the snatch and clean and jerk. Yeah, I, f- I follow her on Snapchat. I, see, mm-hmm. I know what's going on. Out yeah, there. she was off. In, she was off the social medias for a little while. Her and uh, her and uh, Jared. Well, they're a high ticket item. 
Yeah, they are. They're, they're uh, a celebrity couple, if you will. Yeah, well, they're two blondes living in a dark world. Yeah, yeah absolutely. A few blonde couples, you know. Yeah. Um, Jen compared John to me and said that me and John are basically the same coach, but Pretty John much. is willing to admit that he's passionate, and apparently I'm just some kind of jackass. Do you want to do it now? What's that? Admit that you're passionate. I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I'm very passionate. Well, I'm so passionate, Jen. <laughs> you are so wrong. <laughs> So, so you guys have known each other for, about, for yeah. known each other for about five years then. Yeah, somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah, four, four plus. Yeah. So, you guys meet yes. right around the time I got hurt. Yeah. Um, I remember. No, you were not. You're more than you, four years. Yeah, I mean, I got hurt in you January hurt. 2014. It's so just four and a half years about now. Four and a half. Well, well, we were probably closer to four years then yeah. than five, because it was 2015 where I really started. So yeah, it was after you got hurt. You didn't but start till 2015. Yeah. You, you, I was 2010, but like Albany I was going to the Y and the, the weightlifting we were doing at, in college was like Metcon stuff. And it was, I here's, was loved. Here's why the movements, motherfucker, because here's what's depressing. You it's know annoying. How, you know how long I've been doing this stuff? Oh, fucking insane. 11, 11 years. That's yeah. Right. 11 no. years. 11 understand. years. I don't know, we're you, getting old. We're see? just, it's, it's, it's entropy. And, and then, I'm, then, fighting, then I'm, com- fighting, I'm competing with all these guys and I'm like, yeah, man, I was really good at this stuff. I've been doing this for 11 years. How long have you been doing it? I started yesterday. All right. Well, fuck you. <laughs> I was impressed today because like, you were doing chest bars today with one arm. Yeah. yeah one arm chest bars. Yeah. That was awesome to see and multiple people were it wasn't just you yeah, like, yeah. You know, the whole field was doing like we have women and guys doing one arm chest of bars there are there are uh, ladies and gentlemen who are doing like one arm or one leg cleans and and swimming with one leg you have seated athletes who have don't have the use of the like most see, of the half athletes, and yeah. they're throwing around weight and doing pull-ups and whatnot and um you know um you know i like to point out i am the most uh crippled of the seated athletes. I'm going to use that. You do like to remind people. Can you, yeah, well, can you elaborate I'm get, I'm get, on what you mean? Because I'm getting my ass handed to me. Mm-hmm. I'm getting my a- my ass handed to me. It, You're solidly in fourth well, I mean, place. It's, 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 it, was it the whiskey before the workout that helped? No, or? that's good for you. Oh, that's, okay. Yeah, it's carbs. That, that, pre-workout. Yeah, that's pre-workout. That's it, pre-workout. It, 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 it cool, calms down your nervous system. Slows it down. Let you, let you focus. Oh, absolutely. You know what? I, uh, it's the gin- it's part of the power of the ginger beard. You know, he, he actually does bring up a really interesting point because this year I was... Uh, fortunate enough, uh, where Stouty, you know, let me be the head judge and sort of help. Hence the whistle. Sti- I have a whistle, so uh, head That's judge why. whistle. Um, and it's just been interesting more to to not just be you know kind of being in the stands and rooting and and you know being an advocate and all that shit. It's like you can see the various adaptations. You know, there's still a lot of work to do here. I think that what's happening right now, and I said to this to him three years ago. You know, we were at a competition and it, you know, there's that desire to be competitive, but there's still a lot of work to do to figure out how to make that competition not only fair, but also distributable, something that you can replicate and yeah. do over again. And that's what know? I've always said. Like, I, I feel like the uh, if, if if this kind of fitness competition ever gets into the CrossFit games, um, I feel like it needs to, to grow like the CrossFit games did. The CrossFit games weren't started in a dirt field. Yeah, the CrossFit games know? weren't this big competition that then bred CrossFit. It was it was CrossFit and this training methodology of people just throwing down together who just got together in a dirt fucking field yep. and decided to throw down and people right. were like that shit's cool yeah, right it was literally and on a ranch right yeah, yeah. and it, it was like it was community came first and then like this competition grew out of it and that was always my biggest fear with this kind of competition is I was worried that we were pushing the competition too early and not growing the community enough 
you know, and, and I'm not as worried about it anymore because I really see this huge community stem out of it. Like we can see more and more people get into this, more and more people diving in, like traveling around doing the adaptive seminars. I get to meet like a whole bunch of really cool adaptive athletes. So I think the community is, is present now. And now we just have to, like you said, make sure that it, it is uh, fair and distributable, like uh, observable, repeatable. Replicated. Yeah. Exactly. I think what's interesting too on that is kind of going into, you know, five years ago when I was first starting running my first gym and kind of, you know, getting my feet wet until he walked into my gym. I didn't know what an adaptive athlete was. Mm -hmm. I didn't really think about it. It was never something that really crossed my mind. And now you're seeing just in, in Raleigh, I've seen the, the explosion of all the gyms becoming part of it and constantly asking us questions. What are you guys doing? How do you handle these things? The, the coolest part about it to me is that, um, you, you have this population of individuals, these, these adaptive athletes that for like Lo Logan's a, Logan's a special case. And I was already in the, uh, in this world before I got hurt, but you have this population of individuals, these adaptive athletes who either since birth or since their, their injury have been told that they can't, you shouldn't, you can't, you shouldn't, you can't don't do this. No, no, no. And now you're, now you have, um, CrossFit and, and this, this fitness adaptive fitness movement really pushing to be like, fuck that. Yeah, you can, you can, and you should, and you will. And, and it's, I think what you're seeing is this influx, at least in my gym, I'm sure your gym as well. Like you see this influx of, of people who their entire life have been told no. Absolutely. And, and then you get them in, you get them in a situation where they're told yes. And you just see this clicks like just the switch just snatch on in their head where they're like holy shit i can i think it's really important too and the biggest thing there is gym owners it's our responsibility to be prepared for that you know this Agreed. is a really real thing and if you're not sure how to do it that's good but you have to be an advocate for your own education i have kind of a question to this is kind of going on something you mentioned earlier where you said that everybody is somewhat of an adaptive athlete like, what do you mean by that? And like, cause you said that in even just the Raleigh area, there's been like way more adaptive athletes popping up. Like the yeah. people you said, like been told no their whole life. Like, what do you mean by like, everybody is like somewhat adaptive and like kind of going off what yeah. you were just saying. I, I, I just think it's sort of the mindset from a coaching perspective to saying that, you know, adaptation is a real omnipresent thing in a day to day basis. It's what we're doing. We should be doing that for our athletes. That's what good coaches do. They're aware of their athletes limitations physiological traumatic brain injury things that always don't present in a normal way psychosomatic people could just be having a really bad day and you see that as a coach and it's your responsibility you don't just brush it off and go well you know fuck that guy he's having a bad day it's your job to check in you know that's what we do if this were just the globo gym you'd be in and out and i'd be making my 20 dollars a month but this is relationships that we're building that's how our business grows it's it's know? psychology like coaching within a cross like the For difference sure. the difference my, the big difference i've always thought between the coaching and a crossfit affiliate and coaching um and our just personal training and like a 24-hour fitness is um that psychological piece that that actual relationship there like we had this conversation there's a weird thing with good coaches where you remember thing about remember remember things about your clientele your members that you know like no one else remembers about them like they don't even remember these things and like they come in you're like hey this happened last week and you lifted this we should try that again they're like oh yeah that shit was crazy you were saying you were saying earlier today that you know every single person at your gym's numbers like yeah. you know what every person in your gym snatch like you remember those things 
about them or like their friend time. Like, yeah, I, I would, I would give, I would say with like 90% certainty, if any of my members walked up to my gym, I could guess within five pounds what their maxes are on almost yeah, every lift. hundred percent, hundred percent. I could do that. And I could probably tell you their history of injuries and Absolutely. things that I should yeah. be like thinking about right when they walk in the door. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it honestly, it's the, the, the cool part about it is, it's just a it's like a very innate feature of the it's, job it's a reflex like yeah you know, i don't, e- like, I don't, I don't, I don't even try think about to it. do these things so you're walking in the door i'm like oh i wonder if his shoulder's still bothering him you know i know he had like surgery five years ago you know like you just remember shit and i think if you're not you're not really paying attention to your audience right yeah. your, your people absolutely that's being being a good coach good owner i think but so i want to <laughs> go back to yeah, yeah, right. i want to go back to uh, something you're High talking five? about because i think it's <laughs> Yes. I think it's something, it's an interesting discussion to have, and I think it, it can reveal a lot about the vocabulary we use in this adaptive stuff. Vernacular. Can you, can you elaborate on that? Yes. Like, this where you where, going with that? This is where I'm going. No, so, okay, podcast over. So, See you later. No, but like, so. Like, so here are vocabulary. three categories. Adaptive, adaptive, or adapt, let's say, any v- version of the word, and then modify, and then scale. So I'm I'm gonna go on record because there's actually the vocabulary that we use within the adaptive course, yeah. right? Where, where mod- modification or modding mm-hmm. can be either either or. Ad- adaptation or adapting mm-hmm. is based off permanent impairment. Okay. Yeah. And scaling is based off of a temporary impairment. You could also in- interchange the word alterations in there if you wanted to for the overall arching goal, but if you if it is a, um, basically if it's something you can't do anything about is an adaptation right if, if it's something that you can do something about you're scaling i mean i think a perfect example of this is something like um i'm you're not going to do anything about my spinal cord injury you're not going to fix that impairment whereas like technically being overweight may be an impairment it oh, may impair yeah. you but there's something you can do about it sure ha- being not being strong enough to, to move the rx weight may it, it, that is technically by definition an impairment but it's there's something you can do about it right Whereas we're not going to regrow his arm. Well, you could argue right. that, um, you know, uh, a knee injury causing limited range of motion and movement. Would that be considered? I, I, w- I would argue that the second, if you can't, if you have like a knee surgery. Sure. My argument would be this. Can you do something about the knee? Sure. If not, then at that point in time, it's an adaptation. The second you can, the second you're, you're clear to start moving that knee around and start working it out, you're, you're, it's scaling. And I, and I get that semantics. But I think that's a really important distinction between um, between those two things because if we're not doing anything about it, there's nothing we can do to to, to really right. decrease that's, those. Decrease that's why those I bring it up because limitations. It, when you in depending on what context you're using, you're right. You could say that it, when an, a new person comes in and they're not doing the workout as prescribed, that you are adapting it. Like that vocabulary by definition is relevant and appropriate to use, but. As we speak on it and we try to build the, the, the words together, adaptive athlete, you have to start to, and this was, that's why I was so fascinated and intrigued about the seminar and the curriculum as we were developing it because of this conversation out of, all, out of them all, because you have to, it loses its credibility. It loses its value. And there are, it's really cool what the word has become because it's starting to replace like disabled and handicapped, these really negative con- connotations associated with these words in, in, in a lot of ways. And that's cool. I think it's a much better w- word in that sense. But I think we, we have to discuss this so that people understand 
uh, where the I am the not afraid is, you to know? be educated. You need to let me know. No, and that's why he asked. Good. I'm do you glad consider you yourself because you have an autoimmune? I do. So which, which could yeah. it, it's, and it's a permanent it's, thing. Like you're, oh, yeah. you're, you're right. not fixing that's this. It's not going anywhere. And, and and potentially, so he he may be the only person I've ever met in my entire life that says, "Yeah, I'm vegan," and I'm like. Good on you. Good, for, good for you. <laughs> uh, I mean, he, he literally may be the only person on the face of the planet that that has shut me up in the argument of. of, of I, I going, do. I do love vegan. meat, though. Yeah, but you, but you 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 don't you oh. you don't eat meat because it causes right. an inflammatory response in your body that right. basically basically um, uh, takes away your ability to walk. Yes. So the re- the research towards my specific condition says Is there that a name for it. Uh, HLA B twenty seven spondyloarthropathy. Oh, yeah. like that. Um, uh, and the HLA is uh, B27, uh, I guess, refers to the chromosome. It's a chromosatic, uh, chromosatic, I made that word up. It's a chromosome that gets activated through usually an infection. And I had an infection when I was 18 in my body, and that triggered it. And when it did, because of my incredibly unhealthy life and eating and style and not understanding how to eat properly and like what that actually means, and I completely completely thank CrossFit for that because it went from not really understanding what health was like what it meant to be well um, and suffering through that for years I mean I went through I was at one point taking like 27 pills a day like different various medications I got a phone call from my rheumatologist and they're like hey this medication's been pulled off the market like you can't take it and I just said well it's working you know like it works and and being in chronic chronic pain like real pain it's it's fucking debilitating so i was like well i'm going to take it as long as i possibly can and i took it until i was out of it and that basically got me through the you know ebbs and flows of prednisone ups and downs and all that shit so when it when it started to come back again which you know i don't lead an unhealthy lifestyle but you know it's easy to make bad eating choices here and there i would say it was definitely significantly improved in the way that i eat Versus when I was 18, but I could feel something coming on and it started on my right side and then it moved into my left side. So I knew it was the same thing. So I did some research and they, you know, eating no meat is a, a good way to lower the inflammation in your gut down. I think it's a pretty, pretty well scientific proven thing. You know that it can cause inflammation. So I just stopped doing it. And that was, I've, I've noticed a very significant change in, in my body and my condition just by doing it. And I'm not a, I love meat. I'm, I'm, I, I intend on going back to eating it someday, but I have to slowly introduce that back. Into Almost my like a reset on your, like you're trying to yeah. heal the gut yeah. and reset everything. I yeah. think that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I didn't drink for quite some time. I'm, this is more recently kind of going back to drinking beer a little bit, but well, it's Molson Canadian. So is it, it's, it's, it's Canadian beer. So it doesn't count. It's lager. It's cold. So for we're, we're not in the same country. So nothing counts here, but, but no, so it's, it's, it's just as, so I, I do. I, I completely appreciate the fact that you can clarify that. And I guess maybe my perspective is more like I, I just I just look at everybody as an opportunity for me to become better at knowing what they could have wrong with them. Yeah. That's and, kind of and, the way and I look at it. You and know? it's and it's yeah. so we're, we're just talking semantics here. So like people aren't coming in. Basically, people aren't coming in who, who are like, yeah, I'm adaptive. I'm adaptive. I'm adaptive. Right, and you're like, right, right. no, no, you just. um in the wheel you're roster just, quadruples. Yeah, next you're, year. you're just metabolically broken. We can fix right. that. We can do that. Right. Um, and I, th- I think like <clears throat> the way you the way you alter a workout, you may alter the workout uh, like like say um, one day like you're like you do something stupid the day before and your elbow is bothering you and, and, and it's your left elbow. 
and we scale the workout for you and we adapt the workout for Logan and it's the exact same fucking thing. Right. One arm, like a one arm sumo deadlift. On your but right you're side. right. That qualification process of at least knowing mm-hmm. what the difference is and what it actually represents is it's, important. It's, for it's a, a reason show. of it's the reason for why. It's it's a it's the reason. We don't. Yeah. Hey, sound we don't have guy. anyone. Where's the, yeah. Where's the say? <laughs> sound guy. Hey, video crew, grab us a brew. It's just us. Yeah, it's just There's us. No one in here. Yeah, that, that's the video sound guy. I'm the video sound guy, editor, co-host. producer, <laughs> co-host. I like literally had this conversation about this podcast. He actually has a little bit of a plan and a, and a little bit of a, like an idea of what he wants to direct the conversation towards. And I just hold a fucking mic and say yeah. stupid shit. Pretty well, much. That's why I'm it's your pot. You get to do that. That's the way it goes. Because we were told nothing. We had no prep we for this. No, they were just yeah, like, sit down, fun. guys. We yeah. had preparation so. H, but no preparation. <laughs> Here we are. I, okay, so you talked a lot about adaptive and scaling, but you also put modifying in between there. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? Or can you give like an example of like, um, give, like give a workout and give an example of how you would adapt, modify, and scale? Te- technically, any, any kind of change is a modification is a mod- of the yeah. workout. It's now, the reason behind that is what's going to determine it being scaling or it being adapting. And we actually really wanted to change change that vernacular to, to alteration, but it's the word modification is already so embedded within the CrossFit community. So embedded. That, that trying to change it was would, would have been an uphill battle the entire, thing, entire time, and I think it would have muddied the waters in what we were actually trying to get across. So a workout that's that's been changed in any way from the RX is technically modified. But are you doing it because of a permanent impairment? Or are you doing it because of a temporary impairment? And that that in and of itself will will change whether that it's scaling or it's adapting. Right. What a great answer to you. Yeah. You can tell he's done some yeah. seminar staff yeah. uh, I, uh, seminars. Huh? I would also like to point out just for the viewers, I know the answers to a lot of these questions. I'm just trying to get it out there. Like I want you to say these things. This is what people need to hear. Yeah. So like. You know, it would have been better if you pretended you didn't know. Thank you. Yeah, wait, wait, <laughs> yeah, wait, <laughs> wait to ruin the magic. He doesn't crossfit yeah. it. He hey, doesn't why, why don't you just tell means. people how the magic on TV is done? You know, you want to just ruin tricks for him? I, mean, I coach as well, hey, so like Santa I, Claus I know isn't these real, things, guys. But some, Santa Claus isn't real. And, Easter okay. Bunny is not real. A lot of these Tooth things, not real. Shut up for a second. A lot of these things, like a lot of coaches are already doing these. Your things, parents don't love you, and they don't necessarily know <laughs> that they're do like what they're doing, or like they've never like heard it said before. They're like, oh yeah, I do that all the time. So just yeah, for any no, coaches out there that have you're a great watching. interviewer. Yeah. yeah, it's perfect. Thanks. I have a journalism degree. Oh, oh it's yeah. shining right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Between, yeah. between me and Nathan, You're we have two degrees. the first person to tell me that. <laughs> Mom, Dad, the degree was worth it. <laughs> yep, it's paying off. So Look at this. Between me and Nathan, we have 47 views. Two degrees between me and Nathan. Yeah? He has two. Separation. That's good. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Carrying the weight. I, <laughs> Same university. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Wow. So now what do we now where where do so we go from here? Oh, are we going up? Any other topic? Well, no. So can you? Oh uh, no, I guess you kind of talked about how the modifying and stuff like that. What Let's um? I get. Do you have anything else you want to say about adaptive? Well, stuff? no. I was gonna say we have we have what six more workouts this weekend? Yeah, six more. I it's know. Saturday and Sunday, and we have three. Do we have three tomorrow? Three tomorrow. Three yeah. tomorrow. Three Sunday. What yeah. are the workouts that are left, Kevin? Um, I don't know. Gosh. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow don't ask me. Like I don't know. T- I know the first one. I'm gonna and be the second one. I know one of them. I only know the only one I actually know what I I'm know doing tomorrow is because they announced it tonight and I was there and present. And it is uh, 20, 15, 10, 5, 35 pound 
dumbbell deadlifts, 35 pound swing presses. That's right. And for this guy, it's uh, what, 120 pound deadlifts, 120 pound front squats? Axle bar, fat bar. Fat yeah. bar deadlifts yeah. and fat bar front squats. Is it axle bar or fat bar? Because those are different. I don't remember. That bar. It's a thick millimeter piece well, of metal. Because a, an axle bar has no rotation to it. A fat bar will have the same diameter but rotation. I'm going to have to vision these, these don't, don't have rotation. Rotate. I think then they're they're sands. They would be axles. There's no rotation yep. going on. And so the reason why he thinks it's really funny to ask me what the workouts are is because in the history of me competing, in the, in the last decade of me doing this stuff, historically, I don't look at the workouts. I just go there, and then right before the workout, they usually brief it, and I listen to it, and I just go out and do the workout because I feel like it's it's CrossFit. Either I'm going to be able to do it, or I'm not going to be able to do it. And I don't think like sitting there trying to do it again and again is, is really, or freaking out about it is really worth my time. The best part about today was the last workout. It was 15, 12, 9, of clean and jerk and ring pull-ups. Mm-hmm. You did not do a single warm-up rep of anything because you didn't want to wheel up the hill to the warm-up area because it was grass. <laughs> <laughs> we started, and we got to, like, to the bottom of the hill, and he's like, nah, and just rolled right back around. Didn't do a single warm-up rep. Not the smartest thing to do, but I it mean, just, it worked it out, didn't it? It was entertaining for me to watch. I went about as fast as I could in all those movements. Like I don't feel like I didn't waste any energy. I, f- I was very... I I think I can speak on on both of you guys' behalf because I do think that there's, you know, there's a little bit of a misconnection between the reality of you know who these guys are, and who the perception of what they are. First of all, they're regular, you know, bros, so that's pretty important. You setting this place on fire? I got it. We're good. Um, and, and number two, they're fallible. You know, they're they're athletes. They have weaknesses and they have strengths and. This has been an interesting weekend already to see it. To Logan, pretty much finished last in the run, right? Pretty close to it, but because of, because last. of the swim, yeah. second to last because of the swim. Well, he almost drowned. Hauled ass yeah. on the run. He, we we he yeah. had some run time on the fast. run. Was um, run but then you finished first in the next workout, and yeah. uh, yesterday I think you were second or third. So I think it's just interesting to second see second in the clean, but third in the in the wad. First in our hearts. So what's so what, I mean? What's it, what's the the best thing we've ever learned from from the CrossFit Games? It's not who wins every workout. It's the law it's of the averages. Law of averages. That's it, dude. Yeah. I, I, Be I don't consistent. Re- I think if you look back at a lot of the competitions I've done, like Waterpalooza and this since being in a wheelchair, I don't really think I've won anything. I don't win. No. I'm just you. All you do is win, though. I'm consistently second or third. That's all you need to be. Yeah, and it works out well every time. I mean, unless that's you're Matt Frazier, and then you just win everything. Yeah, right. Because yeah. I'm not going to not win this. <laughs> Hold on. Can we, can we mention for a second that he won the Open on accident? Wouldn't yeah, he? yeah. Can, can just think about that for yeah, a second. That's Everyone wild. else was trying their ass off to do as best they can, and he was legitimately upset that he won the Open because he was purposely trying not to win the Open because he thinks that if you win the Open, you're not going to do well. Yeah, and he's, yeah, you don't want to peak early. And he's like, oh, I think I peaked early. It's I like, mean, I think... No, this guy literally has not peaked and fucking won the Open on accident. I saw, I saw him at the regionals. Fuck. He looked pretty He looked pretty unpeaked. He looked like he still has the rest in, in Wisconsin. Yeah, it was pretty like, impressive to see. In, in a world... Of, in, in the CrossFit world where there are so many athletes that do some of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my entire life, and you have a human being... I don't even think he's human. Fuck that. He's not human. You, you, have, you have an individual... An individual. Who... Beats these freaks of nature, all of by them. accident, always. 
Well, yeah. I will say, yeah. you know, he was definitely putting in 110% yeah. no matter what. It's oh, just, yeah, it's that's like just, it's work. I'm going to show up a competitor. Gonna, yeah, and that's, like, I, yeah. I joke about that all the time where I'm like, guys, I'm just going to half-ass this yeah. one. And then someone says 3, 2, one, go, and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to half-ass this Oh, I mean, I'm yeah. still going to cruise at like 80% sometimes, but... Like, I was joking around, like, going 80% on that ski rig, and then the, someone said 3, 2, one, go, and then I noticed... I didn't know where Jed was, but I knew Jed was right next to me. I looked like he was going harder than I was, and I was like, oh, well, fuck it. I guess we're going for it. Gotta go. Um, I like going back to the Fraser thing for a second, because a lot of people think CrossFit's, like, being a jack-of-all-trades. Like, that's a lot of people go into with that mindset. And there was an interview with Fraser. I think it was one of the CrossFit documentaries where he goes, they asked him what his biggest weakness was, and he goes, I worked all year not to have a weakness. And I think that's the mindset, like that's the healthy mindset to go into this with. Like that's just, yeah. See, that's, that's another reason why I don't look at the workouts because I don't give myself that chance to like have self doubt. You tell me the workout and the only thing I can think of between the time you announce the workout, which I'm going to do in five minutes and do the workout is figure out a strategy and just fucking do it. Like I don't, I don't have time to be like, Shit, I suck at this. I'm a big oh, fan of if I can test a workout before a competition. Oh, you because histori- you historically do better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, almost always. Statistically improve. speaking, there's I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what Kevin is advocating yeah. for? Right. Yeah, don't it's, it's do. Not, it's not the and that's what I'm, that's that goes back He's to the unique. point. These guys are fallible. They're human beings. Yeah, they, right. they, 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 I also, they're I also, not cyborgs. I also feel that after ten or eleven years of competing within the sport. If I don't hear a workout and automatically know what I'm going to do and know if it's a strength or a weakness, like that's, that's on me for not paying attention for the last oh, for decade. Sure. For yeah. Sure. Like I get, I get it with a lot of these athletes who are like newer, like two, three years. But I one guess year the bigger in. question is, are you still having fun? That's all I do. And that's all that really like matters. I, all, right? Like literally all I do right. is talk shit. The but you guys time. are really, you're the pioneers, right? So, so you, if we look, let's just use the Olympics as an example, right? Like, the Paralympics, they weren't always there. That wasn't always something that existed. And it took enough athletes and enough of a following to say, all right, it's time that we do something and we actually create a forum for these folks to, to compete. And, and CrossFit's going to see. They've, they've already put the adaptive seminar into it. They're making that an integral part of training. I think it's important for all coaches and all gyms to be prepared for that, to understand what it means, to know what it means to work with these athletes. And then stepping that into the next 10 years, you know, cause you know, it's not going to be easy. There's a lot of loopholes. You go into the Olympics, you get classified. There's a lot of classifications. So it's going to be time. Oh yeah. Cla- classification categories. Like, yeah. like how, how many, how many uh, categories is too many categories? How many is too few? Right. Is right. it going to be financially feasible to have more than X amount of calories or ca- calories categories? You're back is, on that bike. Yeah. Skiered. I had something skiered. Um, is it going to be, something that people want to see because I mean, bottom, bottom line. And, and this is, this is one, one of the reasons why I think, um, Greg, Greg Glassman has always historically said that like the CrossFit games is not his favorite part of CrossFit. In no fact, it's way. probably his least favorite part it's of the, the CrossFit. It's beats diabetes. It's the guy who beats diabetes for and learns sure. how to tie his shoe for the first time. And yeah, absolutely. But at the end of the day, the CrossFit games is marketing and it's a business and it oh has yeah. to be. And people are like, why don't CrossFit do it right now? I'm like, well, they would, they would lose their shirt. Like they, they, it would not, it would not bring in enough money for it to be worth their time. And people are like, well, they should do it anyway, even though it's not worth their time. I'm like, really? Should they? I don't think they should. I think it's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> That's one of my biggest things of um, that argument of like CrossFit should do this and this. And it's like CrossFit is a privately owned company. They don't have to do shit. Right. Like yeah. they can do whatever let's, they want. Let's bring in the adaptive division so we lose 
all the money that ever goes into the CrossFit Games and have to cancel the CrossFit Games, and then no one gets to be at the CrossFit Games. And uh, like, I think eventually, yeah, we'll have enough athletes yeah. and enough situations where, like, where people are going to want to pay to see adaptive athletes do this shit because it's it's insane what some of these guys can do. And it's go- it's just going to take time to get it's there. Just gonna and take it's just going to take getting there. Like this weekend, like the amount of people who the able-bodied athletes who finished right before you guys, the amount of people that stayed to watch was awesome. Like oh yeah, there was quite a few people who stayed. Uh, not not to mention not, not just the spectators, some of the athletes. Yeah. Which which is I think I mean I noticed it, but there are some athletes that stayed to stayed to watch this. What I think is even Absolutely. cooler because, in all honesty, as an athlete, you finish an event, and you kind of get the hell out of there. Like you hang around, maybe hang out with with your buds for a little bit, but like you're going to recover and eat and take care of yourself. And some of those athletes who are competing this weekend stuck around to watch. Yeah. That's Look, a, how many how many when you um, did your first adaptive competition? What was that, by the way? Uh, Real quick. Yeah, was that WZA? Was that Waterpalooza? My first adaptive, like where you were in a competition was, with other adaptive athletes, was the uh, what was it called, the River Ruckus in Asheville. That's right. That's and there was right. an d- adaptive division. It was very yeah, small. Yeah, Crossroads is there. That's yep. where I met That's Dom sick. Davila, and oh, yeah. and uh, who else did I? But know? how many? How many? Some some of them required that yeah. whole crew. That's how many? All them. Um, but that was that. It was literally my first competition. How many athletes two were in your it. division? Um, yeah, we were all competing together. I was right. Competing against the leg guys. Okay. And so Nero how many athletes in are in division. your division right now? And now, yeah, now, gosh, I mean, this is all narrowed down. They took the top six. I think we ended up having 300 athletes across the world. Yeah. And this was, was all through. Uh, this regions? is all um, a qualification process. You're yeah, all here we, because we had, we you had an did uh, invita- you know, an, a complete open and then an online qualifying qual- uh, regional, as we called it. And then here, just narrowed down, narrowed down to like, what we have. Like what? Thirty athletes yeah, out, of, out of like we literally t- like nine the top ten percent yeah. nine countries. I will tell you right now for anybody who uh, has made it this far into this podcast and you're still listening, I kudos. Good on good for you. you. Yeah. Number two, I strongly challenge you to test these workouts as written, and I I fucking prompt because I've I've been doing them. Mm-hmm. They are not. Easy. I love having my athletes do seated workouts. I mean, they really are not. What are you saying? I love having my athletes do seated workouts. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Mainly just for my enjoyment to watch them suffer. But, like, that's it's also for their benefit, I guess. Isn't that kind of like 20% of coaching also? Yeah. Sadism, yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry that hurts. Let me go make a cup of coffee and watch that hurt more for a little while. (laughs) Am I the weird one? Was that Did I make that weird? I mean, I was just trying to figure out how I can make that, like, a sex joke. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be honest with you, um, so you you mentioned like there is there three categories that are here this weekend. Uh, we can you walk like walk us through the different we categories? We have seated um, men and women. We have uh, upper impairment uh, men and women. And what is that? In- what does that encompass? I'm here, er- everything. If you if you have a um, for seated, if you do the major- majority of your work from a seated position, you're you're in our category. With uh, if basically if you have a impairment within your lower limbs. Um, the upper category is any kind of uh, physical impairment um, to the upper limbs, uh, or it could even be a technically a, a, a non-physical impairment that manifests in fin- physical nature. Um, loss of the limb, like amputees. We have a couple of amputees. We have some um, what's called B- BPI, um, mm-hmm. uh, which is like nerve plexus injury of the, yeah. the nerve to the, to the so arms, paralysis of the limb. Basically paralysis of the limb, and then you also have some dropping down there, and then and then you have a... Uh, a lower limb, like our lower, 
our lower standing athletes, which can be anything from, I think we have some CP in there. We have uh, amputees. We have um, a uh, one of the girls in, in that category had a uh, uh, virus attack her brain, and now has basically um, like it's almost like just randomly onset vertigo, where she almost like she loses balance and just falls over. Um, Everything. So three categories. Three categories. That's what it's broken into. For right now. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to be. Well, and the cool part about that, to go a little bit further, to, to explain the scoring, is the through. T- and this is the cool part. To me, this is what I meant in the beginning when I talked about how exciting it was, how competitive it is, and the points matter. Because we've created, through time and trial and tremendous trial and error, um, multipliers and ways to better understand standards for the difference in the standing lower between a below knee amputee and an above knee amputee. There is a direct difference in out in output between those two um, levels of amputation. And we've developed multipliers. Same for the upper division for me, which is really cool to watch to as this playing field is very competitive. Um, the difference between myself and... And as you would assume, like um, Victor, who is a BPI, so his arms paralyzed, and and on the surface we're the same. We're we're in the, a subcategory of upper that is called single arm athletes. So we do most all things with the barbell, one point of contact, and all this stuff. But when there's two points of contact, but you're still missing a limb, or for instance, Victor and I on pull-ups, he can't put a band under his arm. So we have a percentage that we adjust the time if it's time-based workout for his pull-ups because they take longer because they're single-armed. And these are cool, minute uh, calculations we're playing with, I guess you would say, I mean, right now. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Chris Stoutenberg, the guy who's running this event, runs most of the adaptive stuff right now and is also I on I think his brain's us. probably on fire right now. His brain's probably going to explode. I don't it's know like how he does it. Marshmallow yeah. bush. Um, but what I'll tell you that is this, that he has a lot of data a lot of data and trial and error on a lot of trial and error, a lot of trial and error, but yeah. has specific numbers and calculations on uh, time domains, time frames, uh, power outputs and the like between um, for uppers points of contact. So you do have one point of contact or two point of contact on whatever you're moving. And then for lowers, basically um, how many joints are being replaced and or or affected. Um, and within that, there's a lot of there's a lot of. Um, God, he's he's talked about it with me before. Where the amount of data and the amount of time and the amount of thought that's gone into these numbers that we like have multipliers for or our changes in weights for, I, I think a lot of people think that they're they're random. And if people knew how not random they were, their heads might explode. Yeah, it's definitely data driven, and that's a cool part about it. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about because like I today the workout. Um, the one you guys did with the clean and jerk and pull-ups there i saw i think three different weights out on the field can you explain what the three weights were and like what categories they fell under because i know i saw like a 135 for i saw a 105 yes out there. yeah for yep. the upper those uh were the options for that workout the clean and jerk weight mm-hmm. was 135 for single arm athlete saa as they call it it was 105 so that's simply the difference in point of contact so, like, a uh, perfect example. So, um, Logan's right next to a guy named Casey Acri, which is a freak of yeah, nature. That's actually freak a of good. nature. And he was doing 135 because he utilizes. He Who did a 300-pound squat clean. Yeah, 300-pound squat clean with. with yeah. After, after an incredible. Helen, yeah, after Helen, Helen with rowing. So, Helen he, on wheels. So, 300-pound squat clean. He is a below 
uh, below he elbow still has amputee. The elbow. So he still has the elbow. So he uses he uses a strap as a second point of contact, and then catches the bar on his shoulders, and then actually uses his residual limb and his um, uh, sound limb to jerk it overhead. Which I, I know, like he has a two two hundred forty five pound snatch. That's right. Yeah, that no, I, I can't. Pounds. I mean, yeah. that's, yeah. that's yeah. Those, yeah, are you that's, fucking. You're out of my yeah. numbers. Fuck that guy. You're it's out incredible. of my, You're out of my world. And you know? so, so he did one thirty five because he had uh, two points of contact throughout the entire movement. Logan was at one oh five because he goes uh, right arm only from ground to shoulder to overhead because of the metabolic nature of the workout. And what we found is that percentage uh, that percentage drop from two points to one point of contact creates a similar stimulus. And that's really what we're trying to get out of this workout is, is, is maintaining the stimulus of the workout across the board and, and, and maintaining that power output too. So by points of contact, you mean he has two hands. So two points of contact. Alec, what's his name? Correct? Casey. Casey, sorry. I don't know why I said Casey that. had a strap Casey. in his hand. So he had two points of contact points on the right. You're using one arm, so you have one point of contact. Yes. Right, right. How it is, can you explain to me then how the multiplier works or how that gets what, factored what we, in? What we have found, basically kind of like you would do for um, like the dumbbell, like going from a barbell to a dumbbell where you take yeah. um, 10% off whatever the weight is and then divide it by two, and that's what each dumbbell is supposed to weigh. Anywhere between 5 to 10, uh, five to 15% actually. So if you're going to do a dumbbell fran versus a barbell fran. Yeah, you take it, yeah. anywhere between 5 to 15% off of that based on what you want the stimulus to be, um, and then you divide that by two, and that's what dumbbell should be in each, each of your hands. Very similarly to that is that um, if we're looking at one point of contact to po- two point of contact, um, you're going to take a very similar approach to it, and that, that weight is basically going to be a, um, I think it was a, a, a 15% decrease, a 10% decrease. Yeah, 15. 15% decrease yeah. from, from two points of contact to one point of contact. Um, similar, and, 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 and what we found is that, that once again, keeps mo- people moving at the same pace and and the difficulty there stays almost identical and and it comes from a few years of study being like okay well what if we did this what if we tried these weights what if we tried these weights and just noticing whether or not they were going to stay so what i love is uh, so this is my second year coming out and he he's done every one of these workouts he's done most of them Everyone. multiple times and he'll come back and be like yeah you know we tested it this way and you know this didn't really work so we tried this and you know, and, and it was the same conversation that we had last year. You know, we tried this workout this way and that didn't wor- really work. And, you know, I think the great part, too, is he'll be the first one to be like, well, that one that one got a little dickered. That really wasn't. Uh, that went sideways. That was a little sideways. Okay, <laughs> so, sorry about that. So I'm really sorry, sorry about, about that. that. <laughs> <laughs> We're but a lot of times I've heard sorry yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, just a bunch of Americans sitting in Canada. Making bad jokes about Canadian accents. Wishing I had some poutine. Mm, poutine french fries and gravy so i mean it's it's been really cool to watch these numbers evolve um there are other things like um points of contact for the lowers for for things like squats that'll change based on um where the amputation is at so like range of motions may change based on that for for the sake of safety and even the capacity to make those kind of things work i got a kind of a question for both of you to sort of maybe kind of bounce back off you know but so, you know, we go back, th- you know, five, four or five years, um, you, you know, you've been in your place for four or five years. We were kind of at a sort of an inception stage of things. So where do you guys more specifically wish the next five years goes? You know, because I'm yeah. curious about that. Uh, this is a different, you know, I can be the coach and I love doing all of it, but I'm not, I'm still not that person. I don't know 
what it's like to be that person. So I, I'm just curious. You guys are pillars for this. You know, where yeah. do you want it to go? I have a short and simple answer to you. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Is it just up? No, you go ahead. So my, my short and simple answer is that I want this to be commonplace. That's it. Like right, right, right now, right now, it's a a specialty to have adaptive athletes in your gym. It is a specialty to have an inclusive class where adaptive athletes work out with able-bodied athletes. It is it is a a niche market. It is something that people aren't used to seeing. And my hopes, my dreams for the next five years, is to change that so fucking completely that you walk, roll, hobble, cartwheel into a CrossFit gym. And it is nothing to see someone like Logan throwing down in a class. It is nothing to see someone like, I mean, to put it even simpler, I would love within the next five years to not a single fucking person in the CrossFit community know who the fuck I am. Not, not in a neck, not in a neck, not in a negative way, but yeah, but yes. so bold statement, but, <laughs> but, yeah. but so, but so many people, so many people have far outshattered and, and surpassed anything I've ever done that the only credit to my name is that I'm on the, I'm on the seminar staff. Like just people know me from teaching the seminar. That's it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've, I've I've even seen that just through you know when I took my original L one, and I still remember those guys, and you know, unfortunately retaking it because I, you know, waited too long and didn't register for the L two, which would have made more sense. But I'm taking the L two next weekend. So well, you're, well, you're pretty. You're pretty. I am. But yeah, I've seen kind of seeing those faces again, but sort of that that dissolving of the community expanding so much. So maybe just seeing. It's not that you dissolve; it's that your community just continues to grow outward. I mean, there's always going to be someone that comes behind you and does something better or, or more impressive than you. And that's why I love and, this and sport, I, and I love it. Like, yeah, me too. Like I made the statement earlier, like Jed, who historically I have beat, I actually historically I've beat at every single competition we've gone done together, is fuck stomping me right now, and I think some people expect me to be upset about it, and I'm just fucking pumped. Like that is so cool to see Jed work so hard and just smash my face. Like I don't like losing. I'll be honest about that. <laughs> but I'm in, like I'm as happy as I can be for someone else to come in and do that. It's one of those things you've been in this so long, and I've seen you try to like uh, since your injury. Like I've been there pretty much the whole time, and it's just like you want to see this advance into something else. And so like eventually, like yeah, people have to overtake you for that to happen. And, and Jed's doing that this week. Jed's the perfect example this weekend of Plus, that happening. I just want to retire. So knowing. knowing <laughs> Knowing that the, the the sport of adaptive fitness is in the hands of people that not that not only are freaks of nature athletically, but freaks of nature and their compassion and in their uh, like honorability and their virtuosity of the sport, like that's that's my concern. There's always gonna be freak and free athletes. But one thing I love about CrossFit the most is that it's the competitors. The competitors are different. You don't have sports where competitors finish and then go cheer. For someone else, you don't have competitors who will no rep themselves, literally cost themselves a competition because they held themselves to a standard. You don't have that in other sports, and we have that within CrossFit. And so, I think my uh, my other biggest worry about this sport of adaptive fitness is losing that. To have athletes who will get away with something if they can, to short range of motion as long as the judge doesn't notice it. And what we've seen within the CrossFit Games is athletes who do that are not successful. But athletes who hold themselves to that standard, higher standard, they are successful. And so having athletes having athletes come in behind me, hold themselves to that standard, still have fun, still be good people, and be freaks of nature when it comes to the, the athletic side of it, I, I could not be happier with the people that are in the sport right now. Yeah, I've 
been around you long enough that like any of these competitions like you don't really comment on the people necessarily who are winning heats you more so are commenting on the people like do you see that person shorting those reps over there like which that's the coach that's the trainer inside of you coming out but like you're more concerned in my mind i see you talk more about the virtuosity of the sport than the people standing out and coming in first every heat absolutely so one, one of the most impressive things i ever, I ever saw was um the first first year at Wadapalooza with Steph Harriman where she didn't do a rep and the judge goes good rep and she she looks at the judge and goes no that's not a rep she goes no no no, it's fine and just Steph goes no that's not a rep and then continue to do her reps and every single time it wasn't a rep she was like that's not a rep that's not a rep and that that to me like that speaks volumes about people mm-hmm. yeah she didn't want the special treatment yeah I take credit for the, the no, no reps yeah. so I completely agree with everything he says. Incredible answer. Air quotes. And, you know, I definitely have a similar um, uh, perspective on where I hope it goes in the next years in that regard. But what has been exciting uh, for me and where I hope it, it continues to go, um, and it's along the lines of everything Kevin just said, but it's more it's the empowerment and the platform. Um, for it to become to be legitimized and for it to be more commonplace for athletes to be in most gyms. But it's also where I like to have some fun is on the innovation, idea creation, equipment creation side of things um, that are empowering and enabling within the within the sport for these athletes too. Like the first time I configured what is now you know a mono rope like in jumped rope, that was the coolest feeling a in the world stick. for me. Like, yeah, all and across a jump rope and some duct tape with some tape. Yeah, because the open was he happening. Came in and he's like, and he's like, like, oh my god, he's so funny. Rope. So he he wanted to uh, do all the open workouts. What, what year uh, was this? Sixteen. No, this was fifteen. I guess it was right when I started. So, all right, we'll, we'll, we're gonna figure this it shit out. Yeah. We're yeah. gonna figure it out. Yeah. So, yeah, the jump rope workout came in, and he's like, I. He came into the gym. He's holding this fucking lacrosse stick with some tape on it. He's like, I had this idea and I jumped a few ropes in the old driveway there and it seems to work out. So we're going to give her, we're going to give him the old college try. Yeah. And then shit couldn't have been two weeks later. He was cranking double unders out like a lunatic, which isn't typical. Logan's no, it took me uh, like a year to yeah. be able to do any double. Yeah, unders. To, to, to me, like the whole, the whole, um, approach when People I started so annoyed at him was exactly my mind and what I loved and was fascinated by CrossFit was stimulus, like what the the whole idea of a prescribed workout and there is an intention and a stimulus behind it and a purpose. And I came in and I could I could notice that. Like I was familiar with what squatting fifty times would do to your heart rate. Like I was familiar with what ten burpees does to your heart rate. Like been doing that sort of stuff in the gym on, at the Y. And so then it was really cool to see how it was orchestrated together and what that intention was. And for me to think how do I achieve that same thing one-armed? And all from the barbell stuff to the kettlebells to, and the stubborn side of me, which maybe, and thank goodness, I had prepared my body throughout just being an athlete to do this, but I just started doing the weights that was prescribed anyways. So I would just do the weight that John so was annoying. doing anyways. He He's like, what's, what, what's and I the shouldn't. one, bro? And I'm like, oh, it's like this gnarly, you know, fucking. And he's like, all right, I'm just going to do what you're doing. I'm like, I, you know, I just. <laughs> and then it got into a point where it was, you know, two years into training with him and like, 
like he's beating me at my own workouts. I'm like, what the fuck? I think that, so and, and so I definitely what did felt was, was, a different stimulus. Was just program left side only workouts. Yeah, it's all, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, it's fun. And then just, just, just to play devil's advocate too, I would do one arm workouts with him. Yeah. And obviously he would beat me. You see, where I really win is muscle ups. Yeah. I just program muscle ups yeah, or handstand yeah. push ups. I don't I'm get good it. Yeah, you're right. No you're reps. Right. So I, here's the real question: Do people just get so annoyed and pissed at this guy? Until he flashes those pearly whites, like because that's how I feel it would go. You know, it's oh really fascinating gosh. in 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 our in our gym. We have an incredibly open and just very just spirited community of people. Like everybody knows each other. You know, even if they're not in the same like friend circles, they're still friends and friendly. And you know, and sometimes you know, I, I'm trying to coach class, and he's he's in the back doing some fucking Insta video incredible thing that he does you know what i'm talking about <laughs> and and i can't even get the attention of the people because they're just watching them and i'm like listen you can see it on instagram in like two hours <laughs> it'll be up there in like two hours I, I feel like he would annoy a lot of people because people are like oh i'm really struggling with this and logan's like well, let me just show you how to do it one arm well i will tell you this to his credit i will tell you this he is incredibly aware of tactile cueing he understands dynamic body movement and if he sees somebody doing something and he can help them, it doesn't matter if he's coaching. He'll stop and be like, hey, that just sounds like a good coach. Right. You know, so it's and that's and that's what it, it really kind of turns out to be. And a, a lot of the nobody ever, I don't know. No one's even ever said a single yeah, word. About I don't know. One arm and coach. That's they what I mean. You coach. That's they, what I mean. I don't know that. I know you say, yeah, they they might. Some, uh, I might distract some people sometimes. He's a little he's distracting because you like and he's I'm like dropping the barbell dumbbell snatch. Yeah. yeah. Dude, but you could clean clothes on his abs. I wouldn't say like <laughs> on the hint on the the feel of our community. I wouldn't say they treat me or no, view me no, as a guy no with one arm or as a guy yeah, as like exists. oh that, he's that's, a that's why I want that's what I want gyms to get to yeah there's right, no exactly. I mean there's no that's what that is and it's cool I, I feel like at our, at our gym it's not like oh there's Kevin the adaptive athlete doing right. things it's he just, walked into my gym for the first time and he was wearing nanos and I was like well you're wearing nanos you must understand CrossFit come in dude. Yeah, he's Let's like, roll. oh, cool shoes, bro. How long have you been crossfitting? I'm like, oh, I just started. <laughs> you got the nanos, so Let's you've go. done good. Let's you go. must know what you're doing. <laughs> Come on in. And then, then the rest is history. That's like to kind of talk about like that toward like when you said you want this to be commonplace, like it's just commonplace now. Like, yeah, this guy with one arm is teaching me how to snatch. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of now like people walk into Kevin's gym. It's like they don't think twice about the fact that a guy in a wheelchair is teaching them to squat. Mm-hmm. They do make jokes about it because it's funny. Sure, we it's all funny. do. Yeah, they're it's great hilarious. Jokes. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, uh, Kevin's always below parallel. Yeah, always. Uh, live life below parallel, well, you baby. Gotta, you got to understand something. Apart from like handstands, like he can do everything else in the gym. So Dude, I've seen him do handstand push-ups. Don't, don't fuck around with me. I've seen the him do it. The first time he climbed a rope, you should have seen the looks of these people. were like, why can't I climb a rope? Right. What well, the hell's wrong with me? I'm like, you're you're asking the wrong question. <laughs> and trust me, oh. you know, and that's the I'll, I'll be the first to admit. Yeah, I don't do handstand walks. I don't do muscle ups. No. Um, I can do bar muscle ups. Boom. But yeah, really? cool. Yep, I can do it. it. And Pretty that's cool. that's but, great. But, but you do very often. No, no. exactly. The point I want to make trick. is, yeah, it, it, a, a tremendous Risk amount return. of diminishing returns yeah. on the longevity of doing that. Why would I? It's cool to know I can, and and I, I emphasize this a lot when talking with other one-arm athletes because you know they think um, there's all you know you can all, there's always more to do and you can always learn more and 
and progress, and you absolutely can. But there's some movements that are just unsafe. Like, why are we doing that? <laughs> yeah, why? Well, it's kind of like cool. Like, you can snatch 245, but then like it's more impressive to me. Like, how fast can you move 135 30 times? Right. Like, right. Yeah. That, I, you're gonna get more returns. I get being out of an that. athlete, and I get there. You do make sacrifices to be the best in a sport. Always. That, that's the reason professionals exist. But. I think it's important to know that as adaptive athletes, doesn't mean you have to then go be competitive. You well, can still just work out to have, and have fun. Like, that's a long life that's, and stay that's out of the retirement or stay out of the assisted living and just, yeah. And just yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think a lot of times they see these, these athletes that are on the uh, Insta world's face pages and whatnot doing these ridiculous things. Mm-hmm. And, and like, here's what I always thought was funny. If you have, um, if you have like a professional athlete, like like say a hockey player, do some ridiculous something ridiculous, or I don't care what kind of athlete it is, but these professional athletes do these ridiculous things and it gets put out to the the public. I feel like the percentage of people who will try that is very low. But then you have this adaptive community, where and I think it comes back to the people being told no, no, no their entire lives, and now they're finally getting told yes. And I think it can get a little dangerous because people see these athletes um, doing these crazy things on the interwebs, and they're like, "Well, fuck it, I'm gonna give it a shot." And you're like, "No, no, no, you should, you should not. You, you definitely should not." Just like everything or athlete, you know, you know there's people, progression. There's, you know, like, there's ways to get to that. And that, could, that can get lost quickly. A good, for a that good example is, is is a good friend of ours, Zach Rule. Like I love Zach. He's 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 a freak of an athlete. He's a the, thing, freak the things that that kid can athlete. do are things that I don't think will ever be replicated. No, ever. Yeah, like no. he he's just yeah. an animal. Yeah. And I always get asked because people he also all, has the longest arms of any longest. human being ever. I, I always get asked like. Why don't you flip upside down and walk on your hands in your wheelchair? I'm like, well, cause fuck you. That's why. That's the major region. Like, he, point, he, he, he point can one. He can do it safely. He can do it under control. And he right, has but he, he also has the entire has, use of his lower body. Well, the lower body. It's there. He doesn't have much right. of it. But he, yeah, he has he has the use of all of his abs, and he can control it down. Like it's safe for him to do. Right. Right. Him doing muscle ups in his chair actually make them easier for him. Yeah. Because it gives him a counterbalance. I think the general pop public, uh, even within CrossFit. Definitely. If there's anything in the world of adaptive in these three divisions, categories we're talking about, they don't get the difference with the seated and the injury level and how well, much that changes. And I, and I get asked all the time, everything. why don't you do muscle ups in your wheelchair? I'm like, well, because I already have one spinal cord injury. I'd really not like to have a second. Right, right. right. Like and there's like so many other factors that are going into can, that. Can I do a single muscle up in my wheelchair? Probably. Right. Am I going to? Fuck no. Right. The funny thing is I've heard him use that same excuse to, like, to do things. I'm like, Kevin, you shouldn't do that. Like, why? My back's already been broken. <laughs> like, you use the same excuse on both sides. <laughs> main, main point there, I do what I want. <laughs> right. But you, you do it safely. And you were kind of touching on it for a, a little bit. And, like, you've kind of talked about, like, where you want to take your careers. Like, you're now training more for longevity versus the fact of, like, you don't necessarily want to win a competition. I like, just fucking love CrossFit, man. Like yeah. you know, you know what is the most fun thing to me is rolling into the gym, hopping in the class, having some other coach tell me what to do, like just hitting a workout with people around me, going around, high fiving, slapping hands, finishing a workout with everyone. Everyone's like fucking bacon sizzle on the ground. Like I, I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to push myself around anywhere. And just sharing that with everyone else, it is so much less fun to me to be a competitive CrossFitter. So much less. Because you you turn it into a job. 
I'll and tell it, you what, though. It's not as much fun at I all. I absolutely love training competitive athletes. I yeah. do. Mm. I absolutely See, I'm, love I'm it. the opposite. I, I, think, I think they're prima it. donnas coming from someone who was one. Yeah, no, I just like, love the mindset. Yeah. I love the intensity. I love I love being able to engage what I know can work for an athlete and can give them the, the positive returns that they're looking for and doing it in a way that gives them growth in a, in a you know, intelligent you know, way that won't get them injured. You know, it's, it's, it's great. You know, I love it because you're talking about sport and you're, you're being a part of it. And we, we have a few really, really competitive athletes in our gym and it's just, it's a pleasure to train them. I mean, I love training every single one of my athletes every single day. There's no question about it, but it's always been kind of fun to just see that fire, that intensity, you know, somebody walks in and it's, and it happens too. It's sometimes one of your athletes will walk in for class and it's one of those workouts that they just know they're going to ace. Like they love it. It's oh, their movements. I love, I love that. And they just walk in and they're like, I cannot wait. And they do, they crush it. You know, they do everything. And you're like, that's awesome. Like they know what they're good at. They know how to pace it. They did everything that we've talked about in terms of finding stimulus and understanding movement. And it all comes together and you're like, I did it. We did this. You are awesome. This has been a really fun experience. That's the best. Now go get me a fit aid. <laughs> Please. Shameless, shameless plug. Love it. <laughs> That's what I am. I'm this guy. Can, can well, you wear any trained. more fit aid clothes? Do you have fit aid, fit aid underwear? Is that a thing? Oh, you, I can't show you those. I mean, you can. I mean, sure. Like, do we have an explicit rating? Fit aid, banana oh, I keep hammocks. Put that on. We don't have explicit rating. Keep your pants well, on. Well, I've been meaning to turn it on. <laughs> hmm. Is it going to turn into that kind of a thing? I mean, we've said fuck a couple times. So, so I'm pretty sure if he takes his pants off, that's going to turn on anything and everything out there. It'll turn on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I got a question for you, John, because you just talked about how you love training, like, the higher level athletes and stuff. Like, that feeling of you get where, like, somebody comes in and just crushes a workout. Do you get the same feeling if somebody comes in and scales a workout? but crushes it in that sense. Like, so Oh my God. Yeah. Like, it's cause, so maybe it's not like necessarily training like a top level athlete, but just somebody getting the point of the stimulus. Yeah. There's like, uh, I, it's kind of my, my mentality on, on any workout that, that we, you know, that we do is RX is your RX, you know, that, that, yes. that mindset of saying, Oh, you didn't do it. How is it? It's fucking, it's arbitrary. You know, we set those barriers so that we understand how to create a baseline for that. I think it's great. But people get so caught up in that, you know, that construct where they they're losing sight of the development of it all. And if you get to help somebody understand the development of it all, where you go through these stages of growth and you go through these different stages of movement and movement pattern and development. And it's, you know, there's your journey. This is how you're going to do it. And they they do it and they follow it. And then you see that progress. You know, mm -hmm. it starts with a 15 pound bar, starts with a PVC pipe, goes to a 15 Next thing you know, they're six months in. They have 55 pounds on the bar for a 95-pound RX. And then then all of a sudden, they're coming to you, and they're going, hey, I RX my first workout today. That's you know? so cool. It's so cool. Yeah, it's such so a cool, cool, unique experience and such a psychological advancement for the athlete and for the coach where you kind of grow together. And you're, and that's how that camaraderie and that community really grows. It's mm. That development is both an athlete and a coach, and it doesn't matter how long you've been coaching. Like That development happens every single day. I, I love it yeah. when people accidentally RX things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, like I had an athlete the other week um, where she, she's fairly new, but she's never asked anything, but she's fucking a wicked athlete. And uh, we're doing a deadlift workout. Um, and I was like, and she like had the weight she thought she needed on the bar. I was like, oh, I think you can go a little heavier. So she went a little heavier. And she's like, yeah, it felt pretty good. Can I go a little bit heavier? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's add, uh, add the fives on there. And she goes, oh, okay, cool. I think I can handle that. Fucking crushes the entire workout. 
Well, I, A, I didn't know she had grabbed a guy's bar. Um, so she actually not only RX the workout, but RX plus RX plus the workout. And plus then, sign. and then not only RX the workout had one of the top times on that workout for the day, even though before that workout, she had told me that she didn't think she could RX it because the weight was too heavy. That's yeah. awesome. And then That's see her walk over, see her walk over to the board and recognize what she had just done. Like it just changed her training in the last couple of weeks. And how does that make them, you know, they, they leave the gym feeling not, not just better about what they accomplished, but what it took to get there. Right. Like, and that's appreciation of work. And then it's like, okay, now I understand how to set another goal. I, I can conceptualize what it means to put that goal in front of me. Now I did grace at 95 pounds and, and I want to go to one Oh five or I want to go to one fifteen, and I want to stay in that. And I understand how I want to do that and what that means. And that that's year over year. That's why like in our, my full, our culture in our gym is fitness for life, not fitness for now. So when we talk about how to modify or scale or, or, you know, adapt your workout to appropriately hit the stimulus that's set for the day, they understand the progression of that. And it's awesome. It's just been such a cool thing. I, I just love hearing other gyms out there doing that. Oh, every day, sense. man, every day. Most of some days gives me the tingly. Some days you just do fun stuff for fun. But it's always targeted. It's always got. What's your stimulus? What's the what's the approach? Why are we here? Why what are, are we doing? We, why are we doing this? Yeah. What's yeah. the point? That's my. I just kind of talk about, like as a coach. Actually, this is kind of just a fun. Everybody here coaches. Like for me, like I don't really. Not that I don't care that somebody like snatches two twenty five or something for the first time, where they got four wheels on there. Like that's awesome to see. But like my one of my like biggest feelings of accomplishment as a coach was there was this one day, it was a total bar workout, and I think I got three, I was coaching the entire evening, and I think I ended up getting three people to, the, it clicked, kipping toes to bar. Where the, yeah, where they weren't double kipping anymore. Like all, it was like, I got one person each class. Like For me, I got more of a feeling of accomplishment from just one of those people than getting somebody to hit 225. Dude, it's the best. Yeah, do you guys have like another, we're kind of, we've talked about adaptive and stuff, and I feel like we kind of, now I just want to have some fun with the podcast a little bit. like. Do you guys have an example of like something like that, like a one, like a weird one-off thing where like this clicked with somebody, and it just like that feeling of accomplishment that comes there. I know um, it's kind of a loaded question. My, my best one is actually still adaptive. We have a we had a guy we have a guy at the gym, um, Chris Brock, um, the Brock Star, Brockosaurus Rex, Brock Lobster. His three nicknames. Lots. He has more. Um, when he came in, he's like, I don't do floor transfers. And I said, "Fuck off." Is he is he in a wheelchair? He's in a wheelchair. Okay, so I to clarify. Uh, <laughs> he just he <laughs> rolled in in a wheelchair, either. got out of the stood up, got out of the wheelchair. And I was like, "You son of a bitch!" <laughs> no, he's he's a T ten T ten paraplegic, and uh, he's like, "I don't do floor transfers." And I go, "Or well, we're gonna we're gonna fucking change that." And so we were we spent some time, and he was really struggling with him, getting really frustrated, getting really frustrated. And then one day he came in, and he just fucking transfers, like didn't even think about it, just got back in his chair. And I think it shocked him because all of a sudden he sat up and he just, you saw him like look around like, did someone touch me? Was there someone picking the fuck? Did, how did I get in this chair? And then proceeded to do like a whole workout that involved floor transfers in that same day. And you just saw the capacity for him to get up off the ground, which I think is fundamentally uh, what humans need to be able Absolutely. to do. Like you saw that click in his head and... It was one of the coolest things in the world to me. Yeah, I think as an adaptive athlete and when you get to work with someone else to a similar um, impairment as you, the to coach them as a coach, 
you get tremendous. Would you coach them as something else? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, and instead of as an athlete, like coaching them mm-hmm. from an athlete got perspective, it, it, like break right. this up this You're way, the guy. this is what we're approach do. it like this. No, instead, the, working on their technique of a clean or their how they use the mono rope, those sorts of wins, those sorts of um, moments where you have a breakthrough are incredible. And yeah, the most rewarding, heartfelt because it's. It's that idea of I never thought I could do this, first of all, and now they can, and so that's cool. But that also is very common in the general way of coaching athletes in a normal class. A cue that I use a lot and where I have, I feel it happens the most with that sort of breakthrough is drawing elbows for a clean, is drawing big elbow, big C's with your elbows. Like thinking about what a great cue. Like I used to hear, Such I used to. It, it was it was back at the old gym. Like I saw it a lot, like, and that's when I came up with it and taught one class. Every single person's clean improved on how far they shot their elbows under to get into the front rack. I'm gonna fucking steal that. It's a great. Yeah. It's a great. It's a great one. You're, you, yeah. yeah, the big pull. They're up. Okay, now draw a massive C, and it it worked. It clicked, and I continued. Yeah, I, I use still that one all I the still time. Use it yeah. For myself. Uh, yeah, so that's one that like yeah, it's a great. It's I can't great say one example, but that's, amongst that's many, that's how you do it. Yeah, that's a great one. You f- you do it other yeah. than nothing's new. No, Every, everything's stolen. Oh, of course, right. yeah, I'm sure I heard it. But I can tell a, you on a YouTube for sure video or something. And there's two of my two favorite things to. There's three parts. The two of the two my two favorite things to be a part of, and then um, my one thing to just know that somebody got better at personally as a coach. The first two uh, for. Are more specifically for women. Uh, women tend to have so much more emotion uh, in their celebrations, so that's always a lot more fun to watch. They'll run around, they'll start hugging people. Like it's a, just like a little. Guys are definitely going to celebrate, but women tend to really uh, to to really lose their minds, and it's just really fun to watch. It, right? Just um, the first great. one is, and probably the clearest, nearest, and dearest in my heart is box jumps. I love when yes. a woman who will <laughs> not jump on a box for whatever reason. Just one day does it, and the look, it's like deer in the headlights. Like, did I just did I fucking drop on this like, box? Who the fuck just put me up here? Yeah, did I just gravitate onto this box? And they feel, and it's such a endearing and warm feeling. Like I love being a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one for women is muscle ups. I oh, love yeah, watching yeah. a woman get a muscle up for the first time because they just the best example this year in the open. Actually, one of one of our athletes uh, at Noose River, she I have it on video, and she just. She got the muscle up and then she just stopped and she looked over at the phone that was recording the video and she just couldn't stop smiling. And she's like, I'm like, you got to come down. You got to try and do another one. There's still like some time left, you know, to do this workout. Um, But my absolute favorite thing to watch somebody accelerate at is rowing because I feel like really absolutely most people don't know how to row efficiently. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really it's it's a huge loss. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not a very tall guy, and I'm not bullshit. You know, You're way taller than I am. I'm. If You're we sitting lay, down. Right. I think we're almost samesies right now, but um, I think well, your taller shoulders now. are definitely bigger. That's for <laughs> sure. Nobody doubted that. But when some when you see the wheels click and somebody actually learns how to efficiently use their body in that movement, it is so projectable. Because if you learn how to row efficiently, I just have this kind of fundamental belief. You can learn how to pace a lot of things because it's so I think that's very true. Yeah, because yeah. rowing is so tangible. It's like, what's your 500 split time? Well, what's your 2K time? What's your 1K time? People understand what those numbers mean. Right. And when you start to start use, I use that a lot as an analogy for talking about workouts like Grace or Isabel. Like 
well, you know, if, if we're going to do grace, is grace your 2K time or is it like your 500-meter sprint time? Because it's probably more of a 500-meter sprint, right? And when people kind of conceptualize that, they understand power output. I mean, I, I'll tell you, like, I pace things based off how I learned to row. Absolutely. Like, even workouts. I always learned to row. Like, you, you, get, that, you get that split time down super quick and then settle into a pace. And then leave a little bit in the tank so you can sprint at the end. And that's exactly how I tackle most workouts. Like right. I sprint out, settle into a pace. It's like a Fran, and then you just then it's a blitzkrieg. That's a five hundred mm-hmm. row. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so like just pace it's it like out and then just sprint at the very right. end. So like, yeah, that's I mean that I get yeah, I So I, I do I, I draw that line all the time with my athletes. I'm like, you know, use this as brilliant. an opportunity to understand. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, you know? Yeah. He's also drinking Guinness. That's why the brilliant thing works out well. Yeah. I'm Irish. I have a pint glass from the Guinness Brewery that I snuck out of the Guinness Brewery. Yeah, he stole it. He's a badass. He steals a lot of things. That's not true. Logan, you got anything? No, it's just. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Black black heads. I got a. This, I got a, a kind of a question for you, John, but it's about Logan because you guys are obviously friends, known each other for a long time. Like these are my wedding party. Is or was? Well, he w- well, he's still in my. Well, my wedding's over. We had it. It was in April. Okay, he but he was in it. it. That's cool. He came with. Yeah. He do you? Oh, so okay, at a wedding, like not necessarily a wedding, but like, do you have any good like Logan stories? Like, not not okay. So I don't. Well, like not necessarily funny, just a good Logan story. But like, so I I have some really good stories about Kevin specifically using his wheelchair mm-hmm. to terrify other people. Oh, yeah, this is actually really... There's two things that happen. It, he knows the story automatically. Yeah. The second you say terrify other people, you're yeah. like, yeah, God, Yeah, no, it is really easy. If I'm gonna you give hang out with... It, it's interesting. If you, yeah, here. We'll so you have a response. Here we go. Yeah. If you hang out uh, with really anybody who has, like, a missing limb long enough and you spend enough time with their own wheelchair, people ask some weird shit. So the dumbest oh, shit. They just world. assume weird things. Like, of course. They of course. just... Uh, Where do we begin? Uh, hey, thank you for your service. Yeah, that was the yeah, that was the best the one, the one I'm in the airport. I'm very patriotic, so I, w- I I walk into that one a lot of times. For sure, but a lot of times Logan will American start a conversation stuff. with, and you have to. Uh, Logan's fast. He's smooth. He's got fast words. He can get you if you're not listening. He'll he's he's quick, but he will literally change the arm story depending on the social situation, depending on if he wants to have fun with somebody, and it could be anything from. He didn't eat the right food. He got an infection. He had a shark rip it off. His mom got mad at him and broke it off. Like, there's really... So you have to be listening. Saving humans from yeah. Everest. Saving dogs from humans. Saving dogs so from humans. So that I would say is is definitely... So the responses that come usually after his, his antics with the... Uh, he does a lot of shark bites with kids. And they get a lot of looks. He gets a lot of looks for that one. Yeah. Just fun. <laughs> hey, kids, have you ever seen the movie Jurassic Park? Yeah. <laughs> it was based on my life. <laughs> so, true story about me. So, me, Logan, uh, Stouty, and um, Alec uh, work on the adaptive seminar staff, and we were in uh, Baltimore. Um, so, you have missing arm, wheelchair, other wheelchair. All of us have tattoos, beard, like all of us, very fit guys. And so. Um, Alec is the only one who doesn't have tattoos and it looks very clean cut. He looks pretty fucking jacked, but he looks very clean cut. Right. Right. Um, and so these guys walk up to us and they're like, Hey, did you guys serve in the military? 
and specifically talking to me, Logan, and Stouty. The only three who didn't. And, <laughs> and, and, we, and we go, we go, oh, no, no, no. Uh, no, we didn't serve in the military. Thank you for the compliment, though. And then Alec goes, and they weren't talking to him at all. And Alec goes, well, I did. <laughs> and, the, and the guys go, huh? <laughs> Which... Alec is an Alec is an adaptive athlete. Like he has a spinal cord injury, he has a, like kind of a limb salvage on his right side. Like he he can't feel below his knee on that side, and so he is an adaptive athlete. And he actually had hurt in military service, fighting pirates, nonetheless. Like he literally can say he got hurt fighting fucking pirates. I think that's pretty cool. It was pretty badass. Um, cool. But cool. literally, when we're together in the adaptive seminar staff, like everyone assumes that we're military, except for Alec, and he's the only one that actually served. Yeah, <laughs> I find that hilarious. That is funny. One of my Very favorite. Like stories about Kevin is it was the first it was the year right after your accident so it was the 2014 games and we're out there and we're in um a, it was actually Coach Glassman's suite like we got invited there which was awesome um, but we're in there and Tony Blower and his wife were in and his family were in there and so we're in there we get there it's like seven yeah it's seven o'clock at night like it we've and we've been out there all day like we walk in and we're like just sweating in our shirts and stuff these people have been hanging out in a suite all day and it was awesome we walk up. And a lot of people know who Kevin are, like Coach Glass, but like everybody, sorry, not a lot of people, everybody there knew who Kevin was. But, uh, and so like Coach Glassman, all these like level one people, Tony Blower, and all of a sudden Tony Blower's wife walks up and just goes, I just got to ask, does your dick work? Oh, no. That is the first thing out of her mouth. It was the funniest shit. I should probably go on record as saying that we did have a relatively clear conversation about the ins and outs of that and how that works. I explained it. He did. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask your adaptive yeah, athlete. I'm educated now. Yeah. Yeah. And then he went further than I needed to go, but I that's what I like about this guy. That's what she said. <laughs> um, I believe my answer was something along the lines of either uh, yes or I can't tell you Tony's sitting right there. <laughs> oh my god! Um, because you have to have questions like that all. Yeah, like just give me the dumbest. Like, hey, what? Not hey, what happened? But like, like I mean, little I mean, kids I mean, will be like, hey, where's your dude, arm? I, I'll dude, be like, I love. Oh my god, I left it at home. I cannot believe. Thanks for reminding <laughs> me. I gotta go. <laughs> and do you ever put on like a not a prosthetic, but just like a fake arm it's and just like? It's called well, not, not, not a prosthetic. prosthetic. Is. <laughs> I'm you talking like something that doesn't work. Like you just have a it, there, but like, like you're sitting here like this, and all of a sudden you walk away, <laughs> and it's just still sitting there. Oh, no, have you ever done anything one. like that? That would be good. No, that I haven't. So how? how I should be like how walking through Target carrying something. Does someone say, "Hey, do you need a hand?" Oh yeah, I, all the time. I get it today. My I mean, I, I, response I, is just story of my life, and they go, "Oh, I, I didn't mean it like that, man." <laughs> I, I say I say it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, of course. My friends know to say it on purpose, but people, it's the consi- it's the kind, it's like how. Yeah, can I help you? It's just the, the, the phrase that we've adopted. I so get like I love 70 it. and 80 year old women. I love it. When I'm getting into my car after going to the grocery store. Do you need help getting in your car? No, do you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I feel like you need my help more than I need yours. They might. You know, you should help. Yeah, them. I, I will. I do. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever get, is there anything like, because there's a couple things I know that like really bother, like people who like go out of their way to grab a door for Kevin. Like he's going to a door, like the door's right here. Kevin's right there. And a person's way over there and they run to come open the door. He's like, 
I can open a door. Is there anything like that that people do that just kind of like, dude, I got this? Um, maybe at, uh, at first because there's a lot, you know, to prove to yourself that you're independent and that you're capable of it. Mm-hmm. But now I take it um, as uh, an appreciative gesture. That somebody others. wants to you help. Know, it's, it, it's, they're doing more for their day than they are for y- for your for yours. <laughs> well, like, damn, we didn't feel like an asshole. It's good for the. I'm just saying. I understand your perspective completely, and I feel that way. This and I've said guy. said that many times. But what is it if I, if if I if they open the door and I go, man, thank you so much, and I get in my car and I'm unaffected, right? I'm on about my day, exactly who I am and how capable I am of things. Mm. They just felt like, hell. That guy was probably in Iraq and got shot, and <laughs> I just held the door open for him. And man, I am doing my home. part in this country. This they is awesome, home. honey. I helped a veteran today. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I know I'm not like a dick who's like, "Hey, you shut that door so I can open it myself." I'm usually like, "Hey, thank you," and I roll on. But it always kind of the things that bug me are things that you can see a distinct difference in how they would treat another human being. A uh, perfect example: when I get on and off planes. People grab my legs without asking me. Now, think about that for a second. I'm literally moving myself. They're watching myself, and they start grabbing my legs without asking me. Picture them. Picture, like, one of you guys trying to get off a plane, and as you go to stand up, someone just grabs your fucking leg and starts moving it for you. And that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, no. Yeah, oh, completely. If I'm being honest, though, I would prefer to be carried off a flight. I don't like planes anyways. Give me the fuck off of this thing. But I could well, only I imagine. Get, I get pet sometimes too. I could only imagine. It's yeah. It's, oh yeah. It's very. Yeah. And like like we we're talking about today. Like when is it? You know, you, if there's the worst thing would be to push your chair for you, right? Or or would you oh, think? I hate it when people push exactly, my chair. Exactly. Right. I'm not a dick about it. Like if someone pushes my chair and it's really like, bet more for them than it is for me. I'm generally like, hey. Thanks, and I try to get out of a situation where they can't keep up with me, so they stop pushing. Right. I'm going to push but your I chair so much tomorrow. Yeah, my p- chair pushed. Yeah. There's, I like, there's right. a reason I don't have any handles in the back of my backpack. Exactly. I did that on purpose. I'm going to tape exactly. on some handles. I'm going to tape your handles. <laughs> and so, back to the question, though. I mean, yeah. Um, it, what I find difficult and awkward, if anything, um, is when you get the assumption <coughs> or the question... Um, are you in the military? Did you serve? And, um, you know, oh, it's, it's aw- then that moment is awkward because the answer is no. What I found, like, to be the best way to say that, to really express is, like, no, I don't, and I, I forget where I heard this. Somebody said this, but, like, I don't share that honor. And so I've tried to say that because in those moments, that is, because a lot of times they are veterans themselves, and they're, they're wounded veterans, or they've suffered some stuff. And if there's anything I'm most appreciative of, it's those individuals. And so I try to convey instead of just being like, "No," and mm-hmm. then they're like, "Oh, which, uh." See, I always okay. say, "No, I didn't." But I, I, I take that as the highest compliment. Yeah, yeah, that's a great another great way. Um, and I've just recently learned that like that's a much better way for me to articulate how I feel about answering that question. Than yeah, than do you, just do you ever? No. You ever had anyone get mad at you when you tell them I've no? Heard, I've th- they've I've had a lady. I've had someone uh, argue with I said me. no, and they thought it was me suffering from PTSD and not wanting to be identified really? as a soldier. So like insisted. I was like, it's gonna be okay. You're gonna get through this. And I was like, 
Why did you leave in the coffee shop? Like, <laughs> I was in my car. They ran up to me. They just got done reading, uh, I believe it was Lone Survivor or something. Oh, a very a, a traumatic story, mm-hmm. incredibly um, I- intense. And I think she did what she said. She's like, I just got done reading that. And I know you're wounded, and it's it's to- it's okay. I'm here for you. She knew. I swear. She knew. I swear. And Dude, was, that was weird. I've, that had was people, weird. I've had people get mad at me. Like, I was like, no, I, I appreciate the compliment. Thank you very much. And they're like, I was just trying, I was just trying to feel the love. They get, like, get, they get mad because I'm like, well, no, I didn't, yeah. I didn't serve, but thank you. Well, it's because, you know, you never like to make an assumption and be proven wrong. Or, or, um, yeah, like a lot of people are like, are you sure you didn't <laughs> serve? Right, right. I think I would remember if I was in right. the military at some point in time in my life. Right. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Ever, do you ever have people prey on you? No, that's just no. It's weird, like being being there, but not being you. It's weird for me. I I have people fairly regularly, and like, (laughs) if you want to pray for me, pray for me all you want to. I I appreciate the prayers. I love it. You're you're not you're not gonna come to me, lay your hands on me in some way, say a few words, and have me hop out of my fucking chair. (laughs) Be pretty cool though, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Like it's I, worth a shot. I'll take yeah. where I can get him, <laughs> dude. I, I was I was in a I was in a uh, Breckenridge Brewery in in Denver. It's right by the gym, and I was rolling through, and the guy goes, "Hey, are you uh, are you Kevin Ogar?" I go, "Yes, I am." Who the hell are you? And he goes, "Oh man, I've been following your story. It's been really cool to watch." I'm like, "Hey, I appreciate that, man. What's your name?" And he goes, "I don't remember his name, but he told me his name." He's like, "Hey, do you mind? Uh, do you mind if I pray for you?" And I was like, "Can you give me a beer first? <laughs> You want to buy me dinner first? Um, I was like, yeah, dude, go for it. Thinking, like, he's going to go home and pray for me later. Cool. I I can appreciate that. And all of a sudden, just hand on shoulder. Dear Lord Jesus, God, baby, six pound, eight ounce, Jesus, please let this man walk again. Like, just so, went he's on, went all, so he was also from the movie Talladega Nights. Yeah, it was actually Ricky Bobby. Interesting. Yeah. It, was, it was Ricky Bobby. So Will Ferrell yeah. came by. And so he, it was literally like a three-minute prayer of him asking god to give me give me the use of my legs back now here's my favorite part i've had people pray on me before but usually they do that and say hey i hope that worked and they, then they walk away this guy goes finishes amen feel anything yet oh my gosh <laughs> and i go i look at him i go nope <laughs> and he goes well i'll be right over there drinking some beer let me know if it changes and i was like uh-huh wow do you wow. ever do you ever get because I remember like right after your accident everybody would send or like tag you in things where it's like oh so and so got this procedure and they've been paralyzed for 12 years and they can now walk again do you ever get anything like that like to regrow limbs or like that's like Harry Potter shit but like (laughs) does anybody ever like reach out with yeah sometimes every now and then but once again probably somebody just trying to be kind and be like hey man I was thinking about you when I saw this he has a better Thanks. attitude about Thanks. this stuff Appreciate than you do. It. I know he Listen, makes <laughs> I, I, he I makes me feel like a real asshole. No, I just you are. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but it's 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 people's gestures, and it's easy to take offense to it, or to maybe not. Take I offense, wouldn't say it take offense, but just to be it. annoyed or be like, "Oh my gosh. No. That's probably a better way to. Explain. Uh, it's interesting for you guys to ask those questions. Yeah, let me though, tell you something though, because people could be mean and dicks and just slam right. doors in front of you. Yeah. So I guess you should really. Those or are called, could, those yeah, are called my friends. Yeah. Like, hey, look at me, I'm clapping. How cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at me, that. I can I can fucking <laughs> fold a t-shirt. 
<laughs> Th- those are all my friends. That's what my friends do. I yeah. do that to Kevin. I'll, I'll throw his phone on the floor and be like, that. <laughs> <laughs> one time he literally took my coffee. I don't know how he did it. He had the sip in a ring, like one of yeah, the, the high it rings. It was a Starbucks cup, and it perfectly fit in a muscle-up ring oh to where he just sat God. underneath it, and he's like, well, not drinking my coffee, and just rolled away. Oh, my God. And I was like, the doctor said you need to learn to do things for yourself. <laughs> so I'm helping you do that. Or they'll put PVCs through my spokes or... Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. You don't have a PVC. Yeah. Um, Dude, I, we covered a lot of really good stuff tonight. A lot of ground. A lot yeah. of ground. It could be two Is parts. Is this two hours? Is this uh, we're about... We're, so, actually, my camera's going to run out at two hours, and we're about, like, an hour 35 right now. I think that's All a right. good... I think yeah. that's a good bit. I'm pretty tired. Season yeah. One. Yeah, it's... You guys have to work out tomorrow, too. Do you yeah. have... Like, either of you guys, do you have... If you want to like shout out your Instagram handles or like I know you work for Fit Aid now is like is there anything that you want to pitch Me, on my Instagram handle? Yeah. I'm at the original Johnny P. What's your gym? Oh, sorry, that was in the weird. Th- oh, <laughs> Noose River CrossFit, Raleigh, North Carolina. Cool. Raise up, Logan. You have anything you want to pitch? No, I mean, um, thanks for listening. Good God, if you listen, to this if you whole stayed thing, this long, <laughs> don't don't think that this defines us as people. Please, we're better than this. <laughs> are we are we better than this we've had some other conversations this week oh, you're right no you're right no oh. um, um I, you, my name is logan aldridge and my instagram which is the the social media platform i find most valuable uh, uh, is aldridge logan um, i i do work for life aid beverage company we make fit aid it's the official recovery drink of crossfit um and that's pretty awesome. It's uh, truthfully, I'm not going to go on a rant about it, but it's a really cool company. We're the functional beverage company, so we make not energy drinks, not just a sports drink, but drinks for your functional lifestyle. Um, check it out. I encourage you to. Will they help me walk? It's good stuff. Yeah, we have Walk Aid, and that <laughs> one's for all people in wheelchairs, <laughs> and it works wonders. We're really changing things around, you know. Yeah, no, they we did arm aid, but it was a reverse formula. The <laughs> opposite happened. Yeah. If you drink walk aid and you can walk, you'll be sitting for a long time. So don't try. <laughs> but no, yeah, check them out. Check it out. Uh, thanks. Thanks to Nathan and Ogar. Kevin, thanks for having us, man. I want some walk aid. I can't believe how long this has gone on, but it's been a, a pleasure. Yeah. Kevin, do you want to say who, where people can find you? Um, I'm at Kevin Ogar or at CrossFit Watchtower or at The Revely Project or at Adaptive CrossFit. Any one of those four. I you, can yeah, I'm, uh, you can find me. Google Google me. Yeah. Um, and then I'm at Nate Behavior on Instagram. If you want to follow Leg Day Podcast, we are Leg Day Podcast on Instagram. We're also that on YouTube. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. And also, I just found out that Google is now doing, like, Google Podcasts. So I'm going to try to get us on there as well. Mm. Um, but, yeah, guys, if you stayed all the way through this, thank you so much for subscribing or watching. Thank you from Raleigh. Raleigh, Raleigh Wood. Stop <laughs> by and see us up on the river. Mm. Thanks, guys. We're handicap accessible. <laughs>